You're listening to Points Talk with the Travel Mom Squad, previously known as the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Follow the links in the show notes to stay up to date with what the Travel Mom Squad has been up to. You have a lot of options when it comes to using points and miles to stay at hotels. In today's episode, we're taking a deep dive into the Hyatt program and why it's our favorite. Welcome to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. We are three moms who've discovered how to leverage credit card welcome offers to get hundreds of thousands of dollars in travel expenses for nearly free. We've used credit card points and miles to take vacations to places like Hawaii, Paris, Greece, the Maldives, Italy, and so much more. And the best part? We each still have an 800 plus credit score. Imagine being able to book a vacation without having to check your bank account. It's totally possible and we're here to show you how. Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Pam, Alex's mom. And I'm Jess. We are Travel Hacking Moms. So today we are talking all about my absolute favorite hotel chain. And you are going to be shocked to hear that it is Hyatt. You may hear us talk about Hyatt frequently and wonder why we are so obsessed with this hotel chain. So we are here to tell you all about why Hyatt deserves all the praise that it gets. So I thought it would be kind of fun to kick this episode off just discussing a little bit of our background with Hyatt because I don't think any of us have always been super into Hyatt. I think it's more, I mean, me a little bit longer than the two of you, but it's more recent. So for me, I started travel hacking in 2015 and definitely for the first few years, I was more of a free agent when it came to hotels. I didn't really have loyalty with any particular brand. I got Hyatt cards. I got IHG cards. I got Marriott cards and I got Hilton cards. Like I just got them all and collected all the points. I would say a few years ago, I really started to see Hyatt as offering the most value. The other programs were starting to slowly devalue theirs. And then During 2020 for the pandemic, Hyatt made it super easy to achieve globalist status, I assume, because a lot of people weren't traveling and they were trying to encourage people to travel. And so they made it really, really easy to get globalist status. And so I got globalist status in 2020 and that just sucked me in. And I was like, okay, now I'm like 100% team Hyatt and I'm never going back. So what about you? What about you, Alec? I can't even think of really any experiences I had with Hyatt prior to getting into travel hacking. I feel like I was the same as you where it was like whatever had the cheapest rates was where I stayed. And I feel like we stayed at a lot of Marriott's probably because as my mom will share, that's kind of what she always did. And so that was kind of the hotel brand I was most familiar with also because they just have like a huge footprint. But once I got into travel hacking, I quickly realized that using your Chase Ultimate Rewards for Hyatt is such a good use of those points. And it's as we'll talk about later, it's really easy to earn a lot of points to use for Hyatt hotel stays. And so I just really saw the value in Hyatt as a hotel brand when it comes to travel hacking. So yeah. What about you, mom? Well, I, as you know, we usually stayed in Marriott's when you were little and I was always a Marriott lover. I think part of it came from the fact that my dad was always a Marriott lover Because we stayed in them a lot, I had platinum elite status, which meant that I always got free breakfasts. Even when we, I didn't have that though, we stayed at a lot of Marriott residence inns when you guys were little. And I loved them because they had really good breakfast, probably some of the better breakfast for kids and families. And then they would have a nighttime little 
snack thing for their business people. Sometimes I could feed you guys that. That would be dinner. So it was really economical. And I just really loved Marriott. And then they got rid of their award chart. And it was like, are you kidding me? I mean, I still have Platinum Elite, but I have completely changed over. I'm 100% a Hyatt lover. I did do a fast track to globalist status. And once you do that, you can never go back. It is Hyatt globalists. They treat their people, their people with the elite status way better than Marriott ever treated me. And so as we'll talk further, you'll see why we, all three of us, are all Team Hyatt now. All right. So Alex, kick it off and tell us our first reason why we love Hyatt so much. Yeah. So as I said before, it is really easy to earn a lot of Hyatt points compared to especially the other hotel brands. So some of the cards you can earn Hyatt points with are obviously the Hyatt personal and business card. I think those are the ones that people are probably thinking of first when they hear of earning Hyatt points. But you can also earn Hyatt points through your Chase Ultimate Rewards cards. So your Sapphire Preferred or Reserve, your Freedom Flex, Freedom Unlimited, and then the Ink cards. So there's a lot of cards there that you can earn Hyatt points with. So that's just a huge benefit right there. The other thing is with Chase, you can transfer your points to other hotel brands too. It's not just Hyatt, but you don't get as good of value. Your points don't go as far. So we only recommend transferring your Chase Ultimate Rewards to Hyatt for that reason. My mom will share some more examples a little bit later of why that is so. But because of their partnership with Chase and the Ultimate Rewards, it just makes it so easy to earn a lot of Hyatt points. And so we just keep going back to our Chase Ultimate Rewards to earn more and more. And yeah, that's where most of our Chase points go is to Hyatt. Yeah. And I think like what you said about not, you know, we we often we tell people like if you're going to transfer from Chase, you should transfer to Hyatt. Like that's the one of the best values. And it's not the same with, like you said, we don't tell, we don't recommend people transferring their like Marriott or their IHG points, you know, their Chase points to Marriott or IHG or their Amex points to Hilton. I like Hilton's. Like I think we we all just recently got that Hilton business card. But for me, it's like once my free night certificates and my initial sign up bonus points are gone, like how do I rack up Hilton points the way I can rack up? Especially with Hilton, Amex has that once per lifetime rule. And so it's like once you get those Hilton co-branded cards, you got to wait like seven more years before you can get them again. You know, it's so true. And that is kind of like with the other hotel brands, that's exactly how we get the points for them. If I'm trying to get points for Marriott stays, I'm only opening Marriott co-branded cards. So you're just a lot more limited than you are with Hyatt. All right, Pam, what about you? What's your what's your favorite Thing about Hyatt or one of the things you wanted to talk about? Okay. The thing that I love most about Hyatt is that you get such outsized value. If I was going to stay at a really nice Hyatt, so if I'm going to stay at a Hyatt Regency, Maui, the Grand Hyatt Kauai, I'm going to spend about 30,000 points a night. But if I was going to stay at a comparable Hilton or Marriott property, it's going to cost me double or triple that. I mean, it's just insane the value that you get from staying at a Hyatt hotel. 
And I've looked at that not only in Hawaii, but if I'm going to Europe, I'm going anywhere else. It's like I'm going to use half the number of points and I'm going to stay at a nicer hotel that's going to treat me better. And so that outsized value that Hyatt gives you is just such a win-win in my book. And I too, I use, I love ultimate reward. I want all the ultimate rewards you can give me, but I'm primarily using them to transfer into Hyatt. And I'm going to use my other cards like my American Express or my Capital One Venture Miles or something else then for my flights. One of the other things I really love about Hyatt is the all-inclusives. And we've talked a lot about the Zivas, the Zalaras in the past, and they have gone up a little bit. They used to be less points per night than they are now, but even still, they're usually about 40,000 points per night for a room. And sometimes you can find off-peak, you can get it for 35000 and that's all-inclusive. That's a room that's going to cost you like probably at least $800, and you're getting your food and your beverages for free. I mean, you just can't beat that. I absolutely love to stay at their all-inclusive, so they do a really good job with them. And they're also stepping up their game, I've noticed, with their all-inclusive portfolio. Like before it was just the Zivas and the Zolaras, but now they've added the Secrets brands and the Dreams and like the Zoetry. And so I feel like they're just really stepping up their game, especially with the all-inclusives. Exactly. In fact, I'm going to Costa Rica next September, I think, and I'm going to stay at the Hyatt Papagayos, which is the Andas Papagayos, which is really supposed to be nice. I know you stay there and you like a lot, but then I'm going into their secrets there in the same area. So it'll be really fun to be able to compare the two of those. And then there's a zoetry. I can't remember where it's at, but it's something that I'd like to try too, because I've never stated a zoetry. But uh, yeah, they do. They are totally stepping up their game. They're doing a great job. So Jess, tell us a little bit about Hyatt's award chart. Yeah, so Hyatt is the only major hotel chain that still has an award chart at all. A lot of the other brands um, like Marriott, Hilton, IHG have moved to dynamic pricing, which basically means the more the room costs, the more points it's going to require. The less it costs, the fewer points are going to be required. But it is very hard, especially I'm a planner, it is very hard to predict how many points you are going to need when they're constantly changing. You know, you cannot, it's it's just really hard to predict. And so I'm a planner. I like to know how many points I'm going to need, what this is going to cost. So that is one of my favorite things about Hyatt. They still have an award chart. They have changed it up a little bit in recent years. It used to just be one flat standard pricing. Now they have off-peak standard and peak pricing. But again, it's based on an award chart. And so the off-peak pricing for that property is always going to be a certain amount of points. The peak pricing for that property is always going to be a certain amount of points. And if you do have flexibility in your schedule, it can actually work in your favor if you're able to travel over those off-peak dates. Like we have gone, my daughter randomly has like weeks in October off of school for like a fall break. And we have found that to be a great time to travel to Mexico or Costa Rica 
And that is technically off peak for those countries and those destinations. And so we have been able to score some really, really good deals over those off peak weeks. So that is one of my favorite things. And the other thing is once their award chart is published, you can view it up to 13 months in advance. Those points, prices per day will not change. And so you know, you could look at a Marriott or a Hilton or an IHG a year from now and kind of see what the going rate is. But by the time you rack up your points, there's no guarantee that that is still going to be the rate. Whereas with Hyatt, once you see that calendar and you see how many points are required, you know, it's not going to change that that is just what it is. I completely agree with you that that is something I love so much about Hyatt too, because people will say like, send us a DM or something. I want to go to this. I need Marriott points. I want to go to a trip here. And it is so hard because I'm like, I don't know how many you're going to need. And so it's like you just go open a Marriott card and hope that when the time comes for you to book that you're going to have enough points. But you really don't know because you can go and search their chart and see, you know, get a guess. But it could be completely different. So I'm totally with you on that. I love that benefit that, you know, Hyatt gives us is being able to just know exactly what the price is going to be so you can make planning so much easier. All right, Alex, what else do you have for us? I think you're going to talk about some free nights. Yes. So Hyatt, as we've said, really values your loyalty, not just with your status, as Jess is going to get into a little bit later, but even just by giving you so many ways to earn free nights. So one of the ways you can get a free night with Hyatt is just by simply holding a Hyatt personal card. So every year on your account anniversary of the Hyatt personal card, you will get a category one through four free night certificate. That I have gotten really great use out of my Hyatt free night certificates. In my opinion, they are the best free night certificates outside. Hilton has one where you can use it at any hotel and no one's going to beat that, but they're not as easy to earn. You can't get as many of them as easily as you can of the Hyatt free night certificates. And so I will pay my $95 annual fee on my Hyatt personal card, get my free night certificate every year, and I have redeemed that free night at places going for, you know, at least 200 usually, sometimes up to four. I actually booked a hotel night in downtown Denver for when Taylor Swift is coming. It's, I think it's, I don't know if it's like the Hyatt, Re- maybe it's the Hyatt Regency. I can't remember. But it's go, it's like $580 a night because it's like when Taylor's coming and I paid $0. Well, I paid my $95 annual fee. So the value I get out of these free nights is insane. But here's the sad part. I don't even have tickets to that show. And I have a, a hotel room there too because we're really hoping somehow miraculously we're going to get Taylor Swift tickets. Maybe we'll just show up. And someone will be selling. T- I don't know. It very well could get canceled, which will be sad because that's probably the best redemption I've ever got on a free night certificate. When you sell your hotel rooms, because you might get, you might make. I know, right? If I could sell that hotel room, that'd be pretty sweet. If anyone needs a hotel room that night, read out, reach out. No, I'm just kidding. Or if you have Taylor Swift tickets for Denver. <laughs> yeah, or if you have Taylor Swift kit- tickets for Denver, let us know. Okay, the other way you can earn a free night is if you spend $15,000 on your personal Hyatt card in a calendar year. So $15,000 can sound like a lot, but if you're like us and you have to pay income taxes, that's a throughout the year, like we're able to, I'm able to get that one taken care of and get another free night. Plus, 
when you spend the $15,000 on the personal card, you're earning elite night credits towards status. So it's kind of like a win-win. You also get another free night when you hit 30 elite nights with Hyatt. So keep in mind, like 30 nights doesn't mean you had to stay in a Hyatt hotel for 30 nights. It's spending on your credit card nights and different things like that. You get five free nights just by five elite night credits towards status for holding the Hyatt personal card. Okay, so the last way you can earn some Hyatt free nights is what's called Hyatt Bingo. And this is really cool. There is nobody else that's doing anything like this. So I think it's really awesome. So how it works is every night that you stay at a different Hyatt branded hotel, which there's a bunch of, you get one night off your bingo chart. And so when you stay with five different brands within the Hyatt hotel chain umbrella or whatever, you get to cross one off. And so when you get to five, you get a free night certificate and you can do that a few times. How many times do you know are they letting you down? Is it like, it's about, is it three times that you can do it? I was thinking it was three. Yeah, it doesn't. And the other nice thing is it, it never resets. So like once you stay at a Hyatt place, it's gone forever. But it's, there's no like time cutoff. Like it's not like you have to stay at five different brands in a single year. It's like just for the lifetime of your account membership. And so, yeah, it's kind of cool. I think they have enough different hotel brands now that it's like, I think you can get three. Yeah, I've gotten one and I'm really close to getting my second one. I know my husband's gotten a couple of them. So it's pretty cool. And I just feel like it's so interesting because somehow like a Hyatt Free Night will show up in my account and I'm like, I don't even know how I earned this one because there's so many ways to earn them. They just like keep showing up and it is the coolest thing. So I like to use them too for like traveling for my kids' sports, staycations. Like they're really good. We used them in Washington, D.C. We have a whole episode about Hyatt Free Night certificates or just free night certificates in general from all hotel brands. So you can hear more about all of that. But yeah, I am super excited because I currently have not for my Hyatt Bingo. So I only need one more to get my second one. And we are driving to Chicago in July. And in Memphis, Tennessee, there is a caption hotel. It is the only caption in the United States. And I was like, we're staying overnight. We're staying overnight at the caption in Memphis so that I can get my Hyatt Bingo and mark that one off that I will otherwise never get. Hold on. You're driving to Memphis. I am just stuck on that part. Why are you doing driving? I mean, driving to Chicago. Why are you driving to Chicago? I don't know, because I married someone who likes road trips. You know, how smart is Hyatt, though, to do this bingo? Because we're we're thinking normally we just probably stay at the same brand. It's like they've got this bingo going. So when I'm thinking of staying at a Hyatt, I'm going, What brand haven't I stayed at? I might as well stay at one of those and get another free night by playing Hyatt Bingo. So really a smart move on their part. Yeah, they are really smart and do a lot of things that like once you get in with them, like they they get you sucked in pretty good. And as Jess is going to tell us more about that, about like Hyatt status, and it just keeps getting better. Talk about being sucked in. Let's talk about... You go globalist, you never go back, and Jess is queen of Hyatt, and she got all of us started in the globalist, and we are all never going back. I remember the first time someone sent me a DM on Instagram, and they referred to me as the Hyatt queen, and I was like, this is it. I've peaked. I have made it. Wait, can I give a disclaimer real quick? Okay, so I've been doing this for like over six years now, 
this is my first year that I've ever been globalist. And so I wasn't traveling enough or staying in enough heights to make chasing globalist status worth it. So my disclaimer is if you're listening and you're feeling like I need to chase globalist, like make sure it works for you. It is incredible. But if you're spending a ton of points or a ton of money to get there and you're only going to stay like one vacation out of Hyatt for the next for the year, it's or if you stay at mostly like Hyatt places where you already get free breakfast, probably not the best thing. So just make sure it works for you. And Jess is also the queen of FOMO. And so she might give you some FOMO about not being a Hyatt globalist. But don't let her suck you in too hard if it's uh, not something that works for you. That's that's my spiel. I totally agree. And I tell people that, too. And because they will DM me and I'm like, listen, if you just regularly only stay at like Hyatt Place or Hyatt House where breakfast is already included or a lot of times parking is already free, then like it probably doesn't make a ton of sense for you to be chasing this status. But if you are in the market to chase a hotel status, I definitely think Globalist is by far the best. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, I achieved global status for the first time in 2020 because they made it so easy and their efforts paid off because once I got globalist and I experienced the benefits I was like okay I'm gonna do whatever it takes to maintain globalist forever and so then I went on a couple of trips with Alex and Pam where I made them guest of honor and then they got to experience globalist and they were like okay, now we see what you're talking about and why you love it so much. And now we need to figure out how we can be globalists too. So we have all sort of influenced one another to be globalists forever. But my favorite perks of globalists are that you get free breakfast for two adults and two children, which is much more generous than a lot of the other breakfast perks for other programs. Like with IHG, I think it's only for two adults. Which, if you have a family, it's like, okay, that isn't really going to work. And then I think Hilton has moved to more of like a $15 food and beverage credit, which, like, what is that going to get you? Like, a bottle of water and a fruit cup, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still good internationally, but, like, domestic is kind of garbage. And the other thing is Hyatt is super generous with this benefit. Like, sometimes I will check in and... They will tell me like, okay, you have X amount to spend, but they have always completely wiped off my entire breakfast bill. Or if I've had like three adults or four adults instead of two adults and two children, they've wiped off the entire thing. So they're just really generous all around with their breakfast benefit. And just an include gratuity too, doesn't it? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yes, it does include gratuity also. And so... Or room service surcharges. Yeah, like at the Park High in New York, we got room service and there were four of us. And I want to say our bill was like $250. And of course, I would never spend $250 on breakfast if I did not have global status. But... They wiped the entire thing off the bill. And we were there for three or four nights. And so, I mean, right there, huge savings just for that alone. Yeah, I've had really good experiences with it as well. We're like, you know, I've got four kids and they've wiped it off for all of us. So they're really generous about it. With the tip included, like you still 
want to like leave the tip though, right? Like you write down what the tip is. You don't just like leave it and assume that they're going to cover it. Right. You, it's just not coming out of your wallet, but you still want to write down like an amount for the server. Right. The second thing also related to a plus of if you're traveling with families, especially is that when you hit 50 nights, you get two sweet upgrade awards and then you get two more for like every 10 nights after that. So at 60, you get two. If you go to 70, you get two more. But these come in so clutch with all travel, but especially family travel, because being able to confirm a suite at booking is huge. Like just having way more space and it has made traveling with our family so much more enjoyable because everyone is just more pleasant when they have a little bit more space to stretch out. When we went, the three of us went to Mexico last year and we used a Sweet Upgrade Award and Pam was able to sleep on her sleeper sofa in the living room and Alex and I got the bedroom. Well, and let's just say we didn't like kick Pam. We didn't kick my mom out to the sleeper sofa. She wanted to sleep there. We're like, let's make the old lady sleep on the couch. It wasn't like that. Yeah, it was a roll away and it was very comfortable. And I sleep better if I know that I'm not going to wake anybody up with snoring. Let's just be honest and tell the truth. So, yeah, I just love having that extra space. It's really nice to be able to confirm that. At booking. And the other nice thing is you can apply the sweet upgrade award to stays up to seven nights. And so I also find that incredibly generous that, you know, you can stay for seven nights in a suite and just pay the points price for a standard room. So those are really nice. Nobody does that. Nobody is going to give you a room upgrade for seven nights into a suite. So Marriott has something similar where it's like sweet upgrades, but you have to redeem one per night. And I've also heard that it is very difficult to find availability for those suites. And so no one compares to Hyatt in the sweet upgrade award game, in my opinion. The third thing is guest of honor. This is another huge perk. So if you are globalist, you can extend your globalist benefits to friends and family by booking their stay for them and you book them as a guest of honor. And so like Pam and Alex went to Paris and I booked a guest of honor stay for them and they got free breakfast and a, a sweet upgrade and late checkout. And if they had had a car, they would have gotten free parking. And so... Another great perk of Globalist that I have used for my family and friends. Points advance bookings are really underrated, but we all use them, I think. What that means is basically as a Globalist, you are able to book a room in advance before you have the points necessary. You just have to, I think it's seven nights before your stay, you have to have those points in your account. So this is really nice for booking hotels ahead that may potentially sell out and then you don't have to worry about having the points right when you book it you just do a points advance booking and you're able to lock in that room and that rate at the time i know when hyatt recently changed some of the points that were needed at certain hotels and there were some of our favorites were being going to cost more we were all crazy trying to do the points advance bookings as fast as we could and I still have a few that I don't have the points in right now. 
But that was really nice because it was like, I want to get it at the old price, not at the new price. And so being able to do that was pretty sweet. And then just a couple more, you get free parking on awards days as a globalist. Again, this can save you a ton of money if you're staying in a city somewhere. Like I think at the Park Hyatt New York, parking is like 60 or $70 a night. We stayed at the Hyatt Huntington Beach, which is one of our favorite properties. And I got free parking there. And I think it was 45 or $50 a night. And we were there for four nights. So, I mean, we're talking incredible savings. And then the other one is 4 p.m. checkout. It is so nice to not have to rush to get out of your room by 11 a.m. on the day you're checking out. Sometimes it can basically give you another day at your destination just by being able to check out at 4 p.m. and not have to have like the bellman watch your bags and you just can leisurely wake up, have your free breakfast, hang out in the room, go swimming, come back. You know, it's just, I don't know. I really like the 4 p.m. checkout perk also. So now we are going to just quickly go over some of our favorite Hyatt stays to date. Maybe the ones that we have already completed that are our current favorites and then ones that we have booked but not stayed at yet and that we are looking forward to. So Pam, which ones have been your favorite that you have already completed? That's hard to choose, but I really like their partnership with small luxury hotels of the world. Really a nice partnership when you stay at one of these. And we've talked about them before. You do get a room upgrade if it's available, and you always get free breakfasts. So you don't get all the globalist benefits, but you get quite a few, and they're really nice. They have also just recently partnered with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Thank you. I mean, I've looked you for realizing. I'm like, I blame you. What is it? But I know I love it. I knew I knew where you were going with it. But I know I love it. And that's a Mr. and Mrs. Smith brand that used that IHG used to partner with. And when we were on our recent trip to Australia and New Zealand, we used both the Small Luxury Hotel brand and the Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And I love both of them. They're both really, really nice. And so that, that both of those are great partnerships. I would say that probably for me, it's a kind of a tie on the two that have been my favorite that I've stayed at in the past. And that's the Grand Victoria Hotel Concept and Spa, which is in Lake Como that Jess stayed at recently. I just loved that one. I loved the little location. I love Lake Como. It was so luxurious. And then the Carlin Hotel in Queenstown is also an SLH hotel. Really amazing. It was went for like $1,500 a night. And it was incredible. I've talked about that hotel. I could go on and on about that hotel. But I love both of those stays were amazing. I'd say for the hotel that I have already booked that I'm the most excited about is that my husband and I are going back to the Maldives. It will be his first time. And I've had a hard time trying to decide whether I wanted to stay at the Aaliyah Maldives or the Park Hyatt. And I would probably be staying at the Aaliyah, but he is kind of adventurous and wants to get out there and fish and snorkel on the Park Hyatt's been around longer, and so it has a better reef. So I finally decide that we're staying at the Park Hyatt Maldives, and I'm really excited about that one. I love Park Hyatt. So I love the Park Hyatt in New York. I love the Park Hyatt in Sydney. They're really nice hotels, so I'm looking forward to that one. So Alex, what about you? 
Okay, so I kind of went with the family angle because I knew you guys were kind of covering some of these luxury hotels. And there's a lot. I mean, and I've stayed at some of these, but there's so many good ones. So there's not like one that like jumps out of like, oh, that was just incredible. And so I'm going with a surprising option here, maybe you guys, because this hotel actually, surprisingly, people have told me it has some bad reviews on TripAdvisor. But I've hoped they got it worked out. We loved it. So it's the Hyatt Residence Club Maui. The reason that I'm choosing this one is it was the first, and it's probably some sentimental reasons too. It was the first time we took our kids to Hawaii. We went as a family. It was just so cool. So like you walk into the room, we booked the two bedroom unit and all of the two bedroom units have ocean view. So we're like on the higher floor. It's a really tall building. And you walk into the room and there's like granite countertops, nice, like it's a really nice kitchen, sofa bed, and then, you know, the two bedrooms. But as soon as you walk in, we could just see these ocean views for forever. And it was, it just for me, is one of those pinch me moments where it's like, oh my goodness, like my family's here in Hawaii at this great hotel with these amazing views that like I could never have afforded to pay. The, the cash price was like over $1,000 a night. So that was really awesome. The other thing we loved about it is it, you know, it has the kitchen, the two bedrooms, the bath, two bathrooms. My parents were able to come with us. So just like a really, oh, in the location, it's literally right on the beach. And so it was, in my mind, like, I don't know if you could really find many places much better for a young family to stay on Hawaii with all that was right there available for us too. So that's when I asked my husband, what's your favorite place we've stayed at? He said Hyatt Residence Maui. So that was his favorite too. Another place that I loved going with my kids was the Hyatt Ziva Cancun. I don't have a lot of experience with all-inclusive. I've actually only been to two. But I never was very like that interested because to me, I thought, oh, all you can eat food sounds like it probably won't be very good. The first one, which I didn't really love. But the Ziva Cancun, I thought the food was good. And it was just so fun to be able to tell my kids, sure, you want that? You can have it. Yeah, you want five pina coladas today? Go for it. So that was just super fun. The location of the Ziva Cancun is really nice because they've got two beaches. So one's like has a little more waves and the other one's really calm for like snorkeling and they have lots of things you can do there. So just like a super, super fun place to take your family. So those are two places. Hands down, I would go back. Actually, I already am. I do already have another trip planned to Hyatt Ziva Cancun. So I will be going back there. The trip that I'm most excited for is we're leaving really soon. Actually, by the time this airs, we'll have returned from there. But my family is going to the Hyatt Regency Huntington Beach. So we're really excited about that. If you guys haven't caught onto the trend, we like beaches. <laughs> my kids love like boogie boarding and playing in the waves. So that is just going to be really fun. The Hyatt Regency Huntington Beach is literally across the street from the beach. When you stay there, which, you know what, we forgot to say that Hyatt doesn't charge any resort fees. That's another benefit. But they don't, part of what's included in your resort fees, which you don't have to pay for when you're booking on points with Hyatt, you get like beach chairs and umbrellas and all of the things that you need for a day at the beach, they have available for you. So we're super excited to go and take our kids there. So Jess, what about you? All right. So for already completed, and this was very hard because y'all know I have stayed at a lot of Hyatt. I was like, what in the world is she going to choose? And I'm actually surprised 
because I we have some notes here. So I can already see what she picked. And I was surprised that one of them isn't on the list. I thought you were going to say Park Hyatt, New York. Okay, so Park Hyatt, New York is really special because I've stayed there a few times. I think that was the first luxury hotel that my husband and I ever stayed at thanks to Points and Miles. And like we could have never afforded to stay there. So that one definitely has a special place in my heart. And I do want to go back there. But for my already completed very favorite stay, it was the Canaves ES Suites in Santorini. It was just amazing. And I think the room there that we got was like $1,800 a night that we paid 40,000 points instead for. And so it was amazing. It's an SLH, like Pam was saying. And so it's not technically a Hyatt, but Hyatt has partnered with SLH, which is how I was able to redeem Hyatt points to stay there. I talk more about that hotel in episode eight of the Travel Hacking Mom show. We do a deep dive into my whole trip to Greece. My favorite Hyatt, like actual Hyatt, I think is the Grand Hyatt Kauai. I just fell in love with it. We went there last year and we are going. No, we went there this year. I can't remember what. I was like, wait, when did you know? Yeah, you went this year. We went this. We went earlier this year and we're going back next year. And that one is definitely my daughter. As far as like family Hyatts go, the Grand Hyatt Kauai is for sure my daughter's favorite Hyatt that we've ever stayed at. So those two are my faves. And then booked but haven't stayed at yet, I'm most excited about Park Hyatt Sydney. That one has been on my bucket list forever. And I honestly thought it was going to be like a few more years before I was able to get there. But I've just been racking up all those points and then deals come along. So I am heading there soon in just a few short months. I will be staying at the Park Hyatt Sydney and I cannot wait. And Pam has stayed there and she has me very excited to stay there. So I wanted to ask you guys one more question. This isn't even, this isn't in our notes or anything, but what is one that you don't have booked that you're like, that's on your bucket list of Hyatt hotels you want to stay at? I'll go first and give you guys some time to think. But for me, it is the one you stayed at in Greece, Cannabis ES Suites. I have been to Santorini, but we didn't stay there. We stayed in an Airbnb. And it was incredible. So to stay in that nice of a place, that's on my bucket list for sure. I really want to go and take my husband back because he's never been to Greece. So that is on my very, very short list of Hyatts to stay at or, yeah. The funny thing is, Alex, that's on mine too. In fact, I've been looking for it. I've been looking because I'm probably going back to Greece next April. But the problem is all of a sudden they're not showing availability for these SLH places that far out. Is that right, Jess? I'm seeing them for like three or four months out, at least for that particular one. I don't know if it's all of them, but so I can't, the minute it opens up for next April, this girl's booking it. Maybe too many people listen to our podcast episode and they're like, I got to stay there and now it's all booked up. Yeah. There's nothing that's booked, you know. It's like they're showing nothing at all for, you know, those kind of months. So I'm just thinking, oh, so if anybody hears that they've opened up, let us know. Another thing you can let us know. So is that yours also, Pam? Same answer as Alex? That is my, that's the one that I've actually been actively looking for. I'm planning for next April. 
So mine is a little bit random. I don't have it booked. I don't even have any plans to go here currently. But I am, I think all three of us are in, there is a Hyatt Globalist Facebook group. And there are a ton of people in there who have been globalist for a very long time and have stayed at every single Hyatt imaginable. And they are always talking about the Park Hyatt Vienna and how it is the best Hyatt they've ever stayed at. And so I have made it my goal to somehow make it to the Park Hyatt Vienna at some point. Because these people in this group are very particular and very picky. And if they rave about it, then I know it has got to be good. I wouldn't even be surprised if by the time this episode airs, you've been there. (laughs) But you guys, Jess's travel lately has just been, she's like, oh, guys, I just booked this trip. Oh, guys, I just booked this trip. I'm like, how do you still have points? How is she not the retired person in this group? I mean, really, she's coming up on me on. I'm giving Pam a run for her money. I do think you will be there before you know it, sooner than you maybe are thinking. And you know, that is what's going to be my second choice. And that is because I've never been to Austria. And I've heard the same thing that it's amazing. So it would have been my second choice. So we hope that you can see why we love Hyatt so much now. The oversized value we get from redemptions, the amazing benefits of globalist status, and the ease of accumulating points through Chase make it a no-brainer for us. If you'd like to learn more about how you can increase your stash of Hyatt points, check out our guide to more Hyatt points. We'll link it in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the Travel Hacking Mom Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button from wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. Want to start jet setting even faster? Follow the links in the show notes to learn about everything we discussed in today's episode. And to stay connected and follow along, follow us on Instagram at Travel Hacking Mom. We can't wait to see where in the world points and miles take you.